Welcome to another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at WISports.net and your host each and every week for the WSN podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 27th, 2020. We are in approximately day 1,486 of shutdown. It just seems like it. Um, Obviously, things are starting to move in the right direction, though. Things are starting to open up. Obviously, there's a lot going on. uh, And with the Supreme Court's decision a couple weeks ago to overturn the Safer at Home order, there there are sports starting to start back up. In fact, here in Reedsburg, where I live, Little League Baseball is underway. We have uh, started practices this week. I'm coaching my son's uh, 9-, 10-year-old team. Little League Baseball has worked with local health uh, department to put together guidance to, uh, to maintain a safe uh, atmosphere. We had our first practice. It went well. Kids were distanced. Um, precautions were taken. And uh, I think it's going to be a, a good situation moving forward, to be quite honest with you. Um, being outside, a sport in baseball where you can do a lot of distancing, uh, where you can you know, make some changes, some, some very simple changes, and continue to, uh, to move forward and give kids an opportunity to get back to uh, activity, to get back to social interaction, to get back to uh, you know, some positive things happening in their lives. And... Um, Things are moving forward in general. There are states that are starting to open up and allow the possibilities of return to play at the high school level for some of their summer contact. And and perhaps most notably, Iowa, which has always offered summer baseball and softball seasons, are opening their summer baseball and softball seasons on June 1st for uh, practices. And I believe it's June 15th that they can... uh, uh, begin competitions, games. Uh, And that's going to be a big uh, test case, a big litmus test. A lot of people watching that to see how it goes as uh, the potential is there for other states to open in June. And of course, many people here in Wisconsin waiting to see what's going to happen after June 30th. How many places, excuse me, are going to uh, begin to utilize summer contact days in July? Unfortunately, There have been some places that have already said that they're not going to do summer contact at all. Uh, Madison School District, uh, which is in Dane County, where they have imposed their own, um, uh, essentially uh, going back to the Safer at Home order and and the bounce back plan and what have you. Um, Madison's already said they're not going to participate in summer contact, which is unfortunate. Um, But we'll see how many do. That's going to be a big topic of, of conversation. We are uh, all waiting to see what information is going to come out from the WIAA in terms of return to play, what kind of timelines there are, what kind of guidelines there might be for summer contact when and if it does resume in July. And a lot of people have asked me what you know what's going on with that, and you know I, I I'm not the WIAA as I've said many times I, I don't make those decisions, but I think June 1st is going to be a big um, date in, in a big week that week of June 1st to watch to see what kind of guidance and what kind of information might come out from the WIA around that time because there if we are going to have summer contact if we are going to have June uh, excuse me July opportunities, there has to be some plans in place to allow that to happen. Schools and coaches need to know what they can do so they can begin preparations 
And again, that's why uh, I, I think that first week in June, June 1st, roughly, <clears throat> is an important time when they'll need to have something out to uh, allow schools to, to proceed. Uh, so we'll see. It, it's kind of wait and hold, uh, or wait and see, and you know, remain on hold, like so many other things going on right now. Uh, we are going to get to, uh, in just a moment, some conversations as we continue our look at recruiting during this time period and how it's impacted, how it's changed, changed what things have uh, you know, been done. Um, we've already talked to a number of college coaches so far on the WSN podcast. A few weeks ago, we talked with Lance Leipold from Buffalo and Tim Polisek from the University of Iowa. We also uh, had some conversations with Nick Gaser from North Dakota State and Spencer Erickson at South Dakota State. So we've gotten that coach perspective on how, uh, how things work um, and, and how things have changed. But now it's time to get some perspective from the athletes themselves, what they've experienced, what they've gone through, had to, had to do differently. So we're going to talk with three high school athletes, three football athletes that have uh, been involved in the recruiting process, pretty hardcore Outstanding players. We're going to talk with uh, Alex Current from Muskego, Garrett Gillette from Maguanago, and also, uh, who's the third one? I, I have it queued up, and, and now I'm uh, blanking on, on who it is. Uh, Riley Kenno, I'm sorry. Sorry, Riley, uh, from Kenosha Indian Trail. So uh, three players are going to give us their perspective on how things have gone and, uh, and what things are, are, are looking like for them as they move forward. Um, so we'll get to those conversations in just a minute. And, you know, going back to that return to play, a lot of people have, have asked me my thoughts on what's going to happen or if I think we're going to have a football season specifically. That's the, the big one on a lot of people's minds. And as I've said before, as I've said in a few interviews since uh, in the last couple of weeks, you know, every time I, I, I think that there's something good that comes out, some positive momentum, a, a good thing, we take one step forward, something else comes along and we get you know, kicked in, in, the, uh, in the rear end and, and we take five steps back, it seems like. Um, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the announcement from the Madison schools that they're not going to have summer contact or other things that are going on. It's, it's like there's always one good thing and then some things that kind of set you back. So I, I go back and forth. It changes day to day. Uh, I'm continuing to remain optimistic. Um, I, I really think that it's an important part of what uh, you know, everyone needs to do to get back to some normalcy, what, what kids need to do to get back to, uh, you know, some, some good things happening. Um, there's a lot of people struggling, obviously, in a lot of different ways. And uh, I just feel like schools are such an important part of the fabric of life that schools have to get back to school. Uh, as a father of, of two sons that have gone through homeschooling or you know home learning these last couple months, I can tell you that it is a very, very different experience than them being at school. The teachers have done a great job. The school has been supportive in, in trying to do the best that you can, but there is no replacing that in-person instruction, that in-person learning that happens. It's, it's such an important part, and we risk our kids falling behind, falling, uh, you know, just falling through the cracks from, uh, from all the things that happen in schools. My kids are good students. They're, they're, uh, you know, they, they love reading. They're, they're good at school. Um, but they have been impacted. But I, I can't even imagine what it is like for those kids that are struggling, those kids that struggle academically already, 
that have learning disabilities, the special education students especially. I mean, um, the kids that, you know, they, they don't have internet access. They, they don't have a computer. They, they maybe have one computer for four kids to work on. How, how can you go through a school uh, experience like that? Uh, and quite honestly, many of them are not. Um, whether it's you know inner city kids that uh, don't have access to those tools, whether it's uh, kids in, in you know poor lower income uh, rural situations that don't have access to those tool those tools, again the special education students that need that special attention that need that one on one in small group learning, uh, I just don't see how we can expect them to uh, move forward without a school setting. So I, I think it's vitally important that schools open. And if schools are open, uh, that's a good sign, obviously. And I think if schools are open, we can find a way to make high school sports work. I think we can. Whether that happens remains to be seen because it's out of my control. It's out of uh, a lot of our control. Um, ultimately, it's, it's going to come from the state of Wisconsin that's going to make the final decision on, on what happens with schools. But we also could see a lot of schools that are, you know, as we've seen with everything, it's kind of compartmentalized and, and, and different depending on where you live. Schools might go back regular five days a week, and then their neighbor school might do two or three days a week, or somebody else might do a, a virtual learning to begin the year. You just don't know. But I, I, do, uh, I do think kids need to get back. I think schools need to be open with precautions in place, and I think uh, sports can get back and, and, and importantly do need to get back. Uh, Dr. Dr. Tim McGoyne from uh, UW Health is working on a study right now around uh, mental health and the shutdown and how it has impacted student-athletes and uh, looking forward to those results coming out because I think it's going to be a real eye-opener for a lot of people on just how uh, how much this has impacted uh, these young people and how much they miss the opportunities the, uh, to be with their friends, to, to work, to put in time, to, to get all the great benefits of high school sports. I'll get off my soapbox for now on that topic, um, and we'll move into some of our discussions with some of these great high school players, getting their their perspectives on how things have gone in the last couple months. As we continue our conversation that we've been doing over the last several weeks, focused around how recruiting is being impacted during this time period, we've already talked to a number of college coaches, uh, talked with Coach uh, Lance Leipold. Uh, Tim Polisek, uh, Nick Gazer from NDSU, Spencer Erickson from uh, South Dakota State in recent weeks, and uh, gotten some coach perspectives, some college coach perspectives, and now it's time to get perspective of some of the athletes and how they are dealing with this time period and, uh, and how it is impacting their ability to get recruited and in the recruiting process here uh, over the last couple months. To join us in that conversation, we're going to turn to our first guest, Kenosha Indian Trail offensive lineman Riley Kenno. Riley, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's go back first a little bit and uh, to to that time period in early to mid March when all of this started. Um, up to that point, what had recruiting been like for you? Where were you at in the process? What had you been able to do from a recruiting perspective prior to the shutdown? Sure. Um, so as soon as the off season ended, I was able to get visits to uh, NIU and South Dakota State, but I also had visits lined up uh, in early April and late March that were 
to Illinois State, Western Michigan, Ohio University, and uh, a couple of other schools. So I was really looking forward to that until it all got canceled when uh, the pandemic hit. So where were you at, or, or what was your process like? Were you in a, uh, a winter sport that had wrapped up? Were you getting ready for a spring sport when things ended up getting shut down? Yeah, I was. Um, it was, track season was just about to start, so I think we had like one practice, and then it all got shut down. So things get shut down, and uh, you know, I, none of us really thought or assumed it would be, um, you know, this long. I don't think so. In the early days, what were some of the things that you did or tried to do, or, or what kind of things were you thinking there in you know mid March uh, when things first got uh, shut down? I was really hoping that it would uh, it'd be over soon and we'd be able to reschedule these visits and kind of just, you know, get back to the way things were. But um, ever since uh, it's not looking that way, I've just been really uh, focusing on, I'm lucky enough to have a weight rack in my basement so I can still get all my lifting in. Uh, Coach can still send out his uh, weight sheet for me to do. So uh, that's mostly what I've been doing, just trying to get ready for whenever we get back onto the field or when I'm able to visit these coaches. So we, we talked with some of the coaches that we, we had mentioned before, and, and they talked about how, obviously, virtual visits, virtual conversations, uh, FaceTime calls, Zoom calls, et cetera, have really uh, taken the place of a lot of those in-person meetings and, and visits that, that had been able to be done. How many of those have you done? How many times have you connected with a college coach on a video conference of some kind, or, uh, or, or what has that been like the last few months? Yeah, there's definitely been uh, a lot of coaches reaching out. Um, they have their, all their uh, virtual junior days and uh, and just uh, FaceTime meetings, a lot of calls. And, uh, that, yeah, that's really what it is, you know, some uh, texting on Twitter, texting through, you know, cell phone. But, uh, yeah, one of the best ways to get a uh, feel for the school and the coaches is definitely through um, uh, a virtual visit or whatever uh, you call it. So a virtual visit. What what is that like when you do that with a school? Uh, it could be anything from just like coaches bringing you in and trying to get more about you to telling you about the school and their facilities and their program and uh, and what they've been doing to ready themselves for when football returns this fall. Is a virtual junior day is that a different process? Are there are there multiple people on a call at that time, or how does a virtual junior day differ from a virtual visit uh so i've had i've had ones where it's like a zoom call and you can actually like interact or i've had schools that have recorded videos and sent them out to a whole bunch of athletes just kind of showing it off to whatever it is so uh there's not much difference between the two it's just uh more of a way to get uh to know more about you and to get to know more about the schools we're talking with Riley Kenno, offensive lineman at Kenosha Indian Trail, uh, recruited prospect uh, at the Division One and Division Two levels. Um, what have you been doing during this time? You mentioned working out uh, in in your in your basement or with the the weight racks that you have, but what have you been doing to keep connected with the schools, connected with the coaches during this time? In addition to, as you said, the the uh, virtual calls and things like that. How how have you had to change your interaction and what you're doing on your recruiting? It's tough because one of the best ways to further your relationship with coaches is to meet them on campus and to get more about them. But uh, 
what at most you can do is really just, you know, call and make sure you're keeping up in contact with them and making sure that they know you're still interested. That is uh, something we've talked about with many of the college coaches, that the communication is even more important now and, and keeping regular communication uh, obviously very important. Um, one of the things that college coaches have mentioned as well is trying to find some way to replicate in some fashion the things that you would have done at camps, at combines, things like that, whether it's getting verified or updated height and weight measurements, trying to find a way to get some uh, you know, bench press marks that you can send to them or 40 times, short shuttle, et cetera. Have, have you been able to do that at all? I have. There have been a, a number of schools who have wanted me to stand in the doorway to see uh, how how tall I am because they can review it and measure back and forth. I've had to stand on weights. Luckily enough, we have our practice field that I can still go to, and uh, I can run my uh, 5-10-5 shuttle and my L drills, and I uh, get all the stuff that coaches would normally see during a, a camp visit recorded and sent to them. So as you move forward, uh, obviously we're still a little unsure of, of what's going to happen this summer. Um, uh, it seems like many or most college uh, camps, the high school camps, are, are likely not going to happen. So what are you going to try to do going forward uh, this summer and, uh, and into the fall to help you with your recruiting process? Um, honestly, it's hard to say right now, but I'm just going to keep working on uh, myself to be the best football player I can be. I know eventually it'll all get started up again, and uh, uh, we'll see where it takes me. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit of, uh, of high school football. Um, Kenosha Indian Trail, uh, some talented players coming back for you guys this year. Uh, uh, yourself and Arjun Ismali at the quarterback spot, Clayton Bishop, um, Cameron Lee, really talented uh, group that you guys have in that 2021 class. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts? What are you looking forward to on the uh, on the field this fall? We're really excited for it. We know that th- this is a special group, and we know if we put in the work that we can get as far as we want to. And we're aiming for state right now. It's and we're really looking forward to the season and hoping it happens. I think that's that's every one of us hoping it happens and and uh, planning for for the uh, the, the good things and, and planning for good things to happen on the field this fall. Riley, Riley, we appreciate you taking a few minutes to to walk us through what things have been like for you these last couple months, and uh, definitely wish you the best. And we'll be uh, following you this year and and on to the next level as well. Sounds great. Thank you for having me on the show. As we continue our conversation on the recruiting process and how everyone and everything has been impacted with the shutdown of, uh, of sports and, and live sports over the last couple months, we'll bring in our next guest, and that is Alex Current, uh, outstanding running back at Muskego High School, part of two straight state championships at the Division One level. Alex, how are you doing? Doing good today. How are you? Good. Thank you. Uh, let's let's dive right into th- some things here. Um as someone that's kind of been on the, the recruiting radar for a while, I assume that you know you've gotten into the recruiting process uh, quite a bit, obviously. And let's go back to before the shutdown. So after your junior season, up until you know that period in early March, what kind of things were you able to do 
to do recruiting wise visits, uh, communications with coaches, et cetera. What had you been able to get done before everything got shut down? Well, before everything got shut down, I, um, I had like five junior day visits I was ready to go to. And then that just canceled right on top of everything and just really sucked. I mean, it was a lot of communication and figuring out like that we couldn't go to junior days because of this COVID outbreak. To not be able to go able... see campuses that, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you had been able to do some uh, some campus visits back during the season, is that correct? Yes. So where, I, where I had, going from where had you been able to get to uh, last fall and visit at, at least? Um, I was at Wisconsin a couple times. I was at Iowa once, Western Michigan. Oh, where did I go? Michigan State once. Um, let's see. And then, let's see if I can find them. Like Northern Illinois, North Dakota State, I went to. Yeah, so it was, it was some bigger schools during the season. So the uh, the shutdown hits early to mid March. Um, I, I assume at that time you were getting ready for track season. You were part of a uh, state champion four by two hundred meter relay team last year and uh, runner up four by one hundred meter relay. I assume you were kind of getting ready for track at that time. What was that that time frame like from when it, you know the the basketball tournaments got shut down and then spring sports you know delayed and ended up canceled? What was that experience and time frame like for you? It was very interesting because it went from, you know, like high hopes for the season, uh, trying to go for four by one and four by two. And then all of a sudden, like, we can't even go to school and practice. Uh, so practices were on our own if we could even like get there. And it just, it was just hard to like motivate yourself to do it because like, you know, the season's done to be honest, like it's, it's just done and there's nothing to do anymore. Like you can't, even, we couldn't even go on our football field. That's kind of how it was. Um, in in the time period since, over these last couple months, when you have not been able to do junior day visits, you haven't been able to do those campus visits. Uh, what are some ways that you've been able to connect with college coaches and and at least keep that process moving forward? Um, it's a lot of been communication on Twitter and text messages. You know, just checking in on people, uh, making sure they're doing good, and then uh, asking if they, like, want to see anything on video, like drills or anything. And then I've done two virtual junior days, one to Upper Iowa, and then another one to Bemidji State. So what are those uh, junior days like, the, the virtual junior days or the, the virtual visits that, that many colleges are doing? What is that process like? Um, the Bemidji one, they re, they pre-recorded, so I just watched the video on that. And then the Upper Eye was actually very interesting because for them it was like NCAA rules that like we could have up to like uh, I want to say a hundred on the Zoom call, but we could not like see anybody else. So we go, we could only see the coaches, only see what they were talking about, and that's it. Gotcha. Um, now. It, the Zoom calls, the 
you know, the social media, obviously those are, as you said, becoming bigger and bigger parts of the recruiting process. I mean, what other ways have technology kind of allowed you to connect with coaches, to, to connect with schools, to learn more about people, and also allowed you to uh, kind of share your information with, with those college coaches that are uh, having a hard time getting in front of kids? You know, it's it's a lot of me having to reach out to them because, you know, it's like we could, we're supposed to be doing junior day visits where I'm supposed to be seeing them in person. And then, like, I'm showing them what I can do, stuff like that. Um, it's some of them are a lot of phone calls, you know, just checking in to see, like, what's going on with recruiting for me, stuff like that. We're talking with Alex Current, running back at Muskego High School, about his uh, his recruiting process and what things have been like these last couple months. Uh, some of the other uh, players that we've talked to, Alex, the the coaches, as you said, have been requesting um, you know some things to be sent to them on film, whether it's workouts or you know verified height and weight or or trying to get some verified. Um, you know, 40 times short shuttle, et cetera. Have you been able to get that kind of stuff out to coaches or what kind of things have they requested to, to try to get some more information on you during this time? Um, it's, it's really dependent on the school. So depending on what the coaches want you to do, but it's like five, 10, five, the pro agility, the L drill, um, running routes, just hip work, showing your footwork, um, speed. Yeah. It's, it's really all across the board. Like if you can catch the football stuff like that. Uh, it, it sounds like most, if not all of these summer camps, uh, that colleges put on are, are likely to be canceled. Um, so as you move forward, what are some, some challenges that you'll have, uh, in the recruiting process? And what are some, some additional ways maybe that you will, uh, try to, make the best of this situation and get your name out there get your, uh, your resume, if you will, out there the best that you can to these colleges. Um, I'm just trying to go to as many camps as I can right now that are still not canceled in July. Cause I know there's a couple open that haven't been canceled yet, but, um, really the first half of the season is what the coaches like truly want to see because that's the work that you put in, over the summer and all that stuff, like, you know, how much speed have you grown? Like how, how much faster have you gotten? How much stronger stuff and um, showing like your ability from what you learned over the summer. Well, let's talk about the fall and, uh, and you guys as the two time defending state champions, um, a solid group of, of players coming back. Uh, you've got the defensive player of the year coming back and Hunter Wooler. Um, what are what are the prospects for Muskego this fall? Um, well, we go one and zero each week. You know, we don't look on to the future to win state. We just want to win each and every day of practice, and then show up on Friday and win each quarter, each play, and then ultimately the game. But you know, we have high hopes. I would say we want to. Of course, we want to repeat, but we got to focus on the things that we can control and win each week one by one. One of the 
oddest stats that I have come across, and I'm guessing you're well aware. Uh, as a sophomore, you played in 14 games, had 115 carries for 1,542 yards with 23 touchdowns. As a junior, you had 14 games, 115 carries, 1,540 yards, 22 touchdowns. So are we looking for 14 games, 115 carries, 1,540 yards, and 22 touchdowns again this year? Um, I'm hoping to increase that somehow. I want to I wanna go higher than 1,500 yards if I can. But we'll see how our offense does and how much we score because it's either we go for long drives or it's one or two plays and we're in the end zone. Uh, I'm hoping for those too. That'd be great. Well, averaging over 13 yards a carry last year, you were in the end zone awful quick and awful uh, awful lot uh, last year for the two-time state champion Muskego Warriors. Alex Current has been our guest on the WSN podcast. Alex, we really appreciate you joining us to share some perspective, and uh, we look forward to following the uh, the Warriors and you this year and hopefully late into the playoffs. Thank you for having me. Great insight so far from several of our guests today as we continue our look at the recruiting process, how things are changing, adapting, evolving in this period of shutdown. And we'll uh, bring in a final guest for today to uh, to shed some further insight on that. Garrett Gillette, an outstanding uh, class of 2021 player from McGuanago, a tight end who just recently committed to Arizona State after uh, receiving a number of scholarship offers. Garrett, uh, we appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast. How are you doing today? Good, super good. Good, good to hear that. Well, let's uh, let's get right to the the big news of of the last couple weeks here, and that is your uh, commitment to Arizona State. So, talk us through uh, what that process was like. You know, the maybe the schools that were kind of on your final list, and ultimately what made uh, made Arizona State the right fit for you. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh... A few months back, Coach Hagen reached out to me, and um, he gave me a scholarship. And then after that, a um, few coaches were just on me every day texting me, which made me super, like, feel comfortable going there and everything, and just gave me a really good vibe with them. And then, yeah, continuing on from there, they were just texting me every day, and we were having good phone calls and Zooms and FaceTimes. And then, um, yeah, some of the schools that were on me hard were like Michigan State, Iowa State, UCF, um, Miami, Ohio, Liberty. They were all staying in contact super hard. So it was a really tough decision, but Arizona State really just made me feel at home, and I loved everything about it. And I got to do a virtual tour with the whole coaching staff and some other recruits. And um, just got to talk to a lot of the coaches and see everything. And they just showed me the whole facility, the training room, all the nutrition, the field, campus, everything. And I just loved everything about it. So uh, from the sounds of it, you had not had a chance to visit Arizona State, I assume, and you had not had a chance to meet the coaches in person. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, Any kind of hesitancy or, or trepidation on your part or on the part of your parents about, you know, committing to a school without having a chance to visit, without having a chance to uh, meet the coaches face-to-face? Yeah, for sure. I was planning on waiting until I got to visit a lot of these colleges, but with the whole pandemic and everything, 
I never got to, so it was all virtual. So I never got to go down or anything. Well, let's go back a little bit and, and let's uh, talk about the process before everything got shut down. Um, before that time in early to mid March, from you know during the season, during last fall's football season, uh, what kind of visits were you able to take? And then after the season, up until the shutdown, what kinds of things were you able to do uh, up to that point in your recruiting? Yeah, so I got to go to Iowa State. I went there probably five times before this whole pandemic. And then I also went to Michigan and then um, Iowa. So I got to go to all those. And then I was planning on going to UCF like the weekend before the whole country got shut down. So I had to cancel that and never got to go down there. And then Arizona State, I was going to go down there too before the pandemic and then that shut everything down so it just switched all over to virtual so we've talked to a couple of the other players about um you know how recruiting shifted with the the shutdown uh what kinds of things did you try to do what kind of things were you able to do uh you know from the time that the shutdown happened until the time that you made your commitment to arizona state um i did a lot of research on all the schools because that was really like the only thing i could do and then I asked a lot of questions with the coaches to help me like get more informed on the campus, and yeah, really just research. You mentioned uh, virtual visits, and, and a number of the other players have talked about that as well. What was your experience like with a virtual visit? What does that entail? Um, I thought it was good because I got to see everything. Because like otherwise, just like researching, you really don't get to see everything. And they talked through, like, everything, like strength and conditioning and the nutrition, because all those coaches were on there. So I really got the whole, like, intel on everything. We're talking with Garrett Gillette, a uh, soon-to-be senior football player at McGuanago, who recently committed to Arizona State. Um, as you move forward and as we take a look at the upcoming fall season, uh, McGuanago, uh Things seem to be heading in the right direction. You've got a solid group coming back. What are uh, what are the prospects for McGuanago this fall? Um, for sure, we have um, our new quarterback, Grayton Gannon. He will be a junior. He played wide receiver last year, and he was backup quarterback. So we'll for sure have a really good quarterback this year. And then we got running back Cole Kastner returning, and he's super good. He's super fast and everything. And um, Kyle Santos, linebacker, he started last year. So he's got a good experience with everything. And then um, we got fullback Max Braun. He's returning. And with our coach, he wants to change up some formations. So put me at fullback and then Max at um, slot receiver. And then Cole's still running back, so something different he wants to try. So I think everything will be good. Well, that sounds good. Of course, the Classic 8 conference that, uh, that you guys at McGuanago compete in, one of the best in the state. Uh, we, we talked to one of your uh, opponents that you'll be facing this year. We talked to Alex Current from, uh, from Muskego uh, as well today. So really looking forward to following what, uh, what the Indians can do on the field this year and uh, seeing how you progress and, uh, of course, following you along at the next level down at Arizona State. Garrett Gillette uh, from McGuanago has been our guest. Garrett, thanks for joining us on the WSN Podcast. Thank you.
So again, a big thank you to Riley, Alex, and Garrett for coming on and joining us on the WSN podcast, giving us some great perspective on how things have gone for them in the last couple months. We'll continue to check in with some players. We'll try to get uh, connected with some basketball players, some some other folks, uh, some some college basketball coaches, etc., to uh, to get some additional perspectives as we move forward in this uh, difficult time for everyone. That will do it for this edition of the WSN Podcast. I am Travis Wilson. When sports do resume, we'll see you at a game.